It is the middle of the dark ages. Ages darker than anyone had ever expected. An horrendous monster casts a dreadful pall of fear over a once happy land. As towns and villages are torn apart, the helpless survivors seek refuge behind the walls of the great city. Slithy toves that gyre and gimbal in the wave. <laughs> Welcome to the nightclub where we are the ones who. <laughs> uh uh. Uh uh. That's how we're starting it off. I'm your dirt castle king, Travis Maxaboon. <laughs> joined tonight by my wife, Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my potatoes? <laughs> oh, no. Mashed potato Griselda. <laughs> and we're joined by the man who picked this movie, our next feature at Castle Moonskull, in the Tavern of the Setting Sun. Also known as the Queen's Hemorrhoids. <laughs> and I am the horny squire <laughs> who wants to party. That's me. I'm the party squire. Tonight we have a Monty Python offshoot film that we're going to talk about. Our second volume of Sword and Sorcery Madness. Pretty light on the sorcery, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Tonight's feature, not a lot of magic. No. No magic. No magic, in fact. None. And I think think going forward, because Angel had this revelation earlier today... She didn't know that Troy counted as a sword and sorcery film. Yeah. So she's super excited now to know that one day we will cover Troy. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's my shit. Yeah, boy. That's been one of my favorite movies. Paris is a little bitch. Paris is a bitch. And little we will, bitch. Little bitch boy. Bitch. Fucking everything. Fucking up, dude. Kingdoms and peace and empires not wanting to slaughter each other. For the pussy. For that, <laughs> what's that for? That diamond split. That diamond says, split. <laughs> he says on the ship, "Let me fight him, brother." And Hector's like, <coughs> "Are you serious? You can't fuck it, Paris. You're not gonna do nothing, boy." <coughs> I hope <coughs> I'm not hitting that again. Just keep coughing. That's good. <coughs> Need some milk? No. Some milk would make it better. Milk probably would make it better. Get that boy no, some milk. It would congest me. Y'all ever seen that? Mm-mm. That y'all remember that like legal weed, like that voodoo stuff? 
It was like a I mean, I know the of the legal weed. Yeah, there was one it. called Voodoo that was real popular for a while. And there's this video of this dude in like this project neighborhood. And he like took his shirt off and his shorts off. And he's like in his boxers or something. And he's laying on the ground, rolling around, acting stupid as fuck. And the, his mom or grandma or whatever is trying to figure out what the fuck and help him. And the neighbor's looking out the door with her phone out filming. And she's like, it's that voodoo he smoked with such and such. Oh. He needs some milk. Get that boy some milk. Milk's going to sober his ass up. Oh, my God. She keeps saying That's it. That's a thing. Get that boy some milk. That or they say orange juice. Orange juice could sober you up real good. Some bread. Yeah. So I've got like. used to feed people bread to sober them up. Yeah. That'll work too. Yeah, that'll soak it all up. Mm -hmm. I'm just laughing. Get that boss some. He needs some milk. I've got the herbal enchantment coughs or like the black plague coughs because, yeah, tonight's film, Light on the Sorcery, in fact, Sand Sorcery, is a movie. Unless you want to count the, the, you know, titular. Dead eye. Well, uh, well, whoa, 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 way jumping the gun. The gun has Bro, been. Bro, I'm jumped. just over here gambling in the wave. I don't know if that. We, we're being outgraved as, yeah. as we burrow grove. I don't know. <laughs> as we as we brig, briggle in the bramble ducks. Yeah, we're speaking nonsense because tonight's film, or at least the title of tonight's film, and like you said, the titular. What? We're speaking what? Nonsense. What is that? That's when you just say things that... Is that a word? Does that sound like a real word to you? Nonsense is definitely a word. <sighs> you guys are out... You guys are out of your... Vorcruxes. Oh yeah, he's just making... He's doing... <laughs> he's in a... He's in his... He's in his sipply papples. So when we... <laughs> when, when we sopple tops... <laughs> the ropple and... What you're left with here tonight is a film called... Jabberwocky. We're gonna talk about Jabberwocky from 1977... The what is the second feature film directed by Terry Gilliam? TG. Before we do that, though, we're gonna we're gonna dive into what this film's creature is, and that means we have a creature feature. Jabberwocky is, for all intents and purposes, a dragon, right? Sure. They don't they don't say it in the movie though. Yeah, right, right. But it but it is like it is basically a dragon because not all dragons are. The only time anyone references a dragon is uh, Party Squire is like, I'll end up with a dragon tooth up my bum. Yeah, yeah. And a shilling a year pension. Damn it! <laughs> I promised my body to a woman tonight. You're the, oh yeah. You're the horny squire. I'm I'm, I'm party squire. Yeah. His name is Party Squire because oh. he doesn't just want to bang. He also wants to party. Seems like he wants to bang a lot. Though. Yeah, he really. It's it's them uh, grand titans. That, yeah. That's what got him. He got I them. Think. Yeah, because he's got the the grand cojones. Sure. Jabberwocky is a dragon, and not all dragons look the way that most people think. And if, even if you think of a dragon, you probably have at least at least two different images that pop into your mind, like the classical 
winged serpent that has, you know, like four limbs, mm -hmm. horns, sharp teeth, a long dinosaur with wings, breathing fire. Yeah, type of thing. Or you think of like if you're me, an Eastern dragon, or like Dragon Ball Z, like the serpentine, right. you know, wingless, and also like Mushu. You know, Mushu's a little dragon. He's a little yeah. baby dragon. Mushu's dope. They're usually serpentine creatures of myth and legend from many different cultures the world over and, oh, yeah. and across time. Yep. The imagery of the winged serpent is likely due to a deep-seated fear of snakes and other predators. Dragons are said to live in dank caves, so like, <laughs> they're fucking happening. Dope as fuck. Yeah, boy. Deep pools, wild mountain reaches, sea bottoms, haunted forests, all places which would have been fraught with danger for our ancestors. Other possible origins of these beasts may have come from the discovery of dinosaur bones, which Alice and Chains claim they claim the devil put those here to trick us. Yeah. Um, and other fossils of giant animals long since extinct. So, like, they found this giant giraffe fossil, and they were like, dragon. Of course. That's a fucking dragon. Look at it, it's a dragon. Look at that neck. Look at that neck. That what that neck do? That motherfucker got a lot of neck. That's a lot of neck, son. Oh. A giraffe blowjob. Cute. It's like that Cajun Jurassic Park. It's like, God, look at that neck. <laughs> it take me all day to cook rice for that. Yeah. I'm going to be up all night cooking all that rice. <laughs> it's, what's this? It's like, God, that thing is as big as a Cajun dog. If y'all see a new, any of the Nutrasauruses, y'all make sure y'all kill that yet. <laughs> That's if Cajuns were in charge of Jurassic Park. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. There are several uh, shared traits among dragons from various folklore, and this includes a hybridization of avian, feline, and reptilian features. Scaly skin, four legs, as I said, spinal nodes running down the back, I guess that's like a dinosaur, you know. Mm -hmm. A tail and a serrated jaw with rows of teeth. Several modern scholars believe huge, extinct, or migrating crocodiles bear the closest resemblance, especially when encountered in forested or swampy areas, and are perhaps another template of modern dragon imagery. So, the alligators we have down here, down here in the bayous and the swamps, chat. Mm-hmm. Like the one I drive to work every day. That's some... And the one that delivers my mail from the UPS truck. Alligators over here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. they got them everywhere. Yeah, they deliver the mail. We ride them to work. Like you found out on excremental swamp tours. Yeah. They they just fucking jump out of nowhere and bite the fuck out of people. Oh, yeah, they do. You got to make sure you... You see, they, people, people that away, like up north don't realize they often makes another type of product mm -hmm. and it's to keep the alligators away mm -hmm. and they only sell it to us because we're the only ones that need it you know but I, anyone past i-10 north of i-10 they don't need that shit no you know that's you, where all the yanks are you have to douse yourself in this shit to go outside during the day it's like mosquitoes that fucking firebomb you yeah the moment you inhale outside air they're just in your lungs, and the alligators are jumping from your por like underneath your porch, oh, snapping at your ankles, and you're just trying to go to work. You're just trying to go to work. Trying to get the kids in the car. Shit. Hurry the fuck up. They come out yeah, your septic her. tank ball yeah, into your car. Alligator, go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Juking alligators and shit. Cool. 
You got a dodging ball that come from the trees and everything. <laughs> they got an alligator nest in your tree right now. I saw it. An alligator nest. Yeah, boy, it's a hive. It looks. It just looks like a ball, a, a curl, like a ball an of alligator, alligator toes. Hive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get the hives. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we, me and Ricky rewrote the opening scene of Jabberwocky. Oh my god! It gets it gets crazy. The popular western image of a dragon is based on the conflation of earlier dragons from different traditions and of inaccurate scribal drawings of snakes. In western cultures, dragons are portrayed as monsters to be tamed or overcome, usually by saints or heroes. They are often said to have ravenous appetites and to live in caves where they hoard treasure. These dragons appear frequently in fantasy literature including The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling, and A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. What is up with all of these fucking initials, man? Just say your fucking name or take some of the, the, the letters out. I, don't I like... disagree. I think we should all just go by initials from now on. Yeah? TMB. Yeah. Arch. 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 And Timb. Yeah? And yeah. you're, you're a... Jerp. <laughs> you're a jerp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jerp Ball. JRP. (laughs) I've chosen for us tonight a small selection of dragons of myth and legend. Now, some of these aren't exactly dragons, but neither is the Jabberwocky. It's just... Jabberwocky's a lot like a wyvern. And and that's one of the subclasses of dragon that I I just didn't include. Well, only because it's... I just have the... I picked five that I found that I thought were interesting. I'll talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, these are some of the dragons that I found that I thought were pretty cool. The Piazza bird, if I'm saying that right, or Piazza bird in Native American legend. Uh, it's so popular because of how crazy it, it was supposedly that there, there's an, a carving etched into the cliffs over the Mississippi River near Alton, Illinois. Um, nice. and, and they've kept it up over the years, like redoing it. Its name comes from those Native Americans. It, it means the bird that devours men. As it developed a taste for human flesh after scavenging after scavenging corpses from the battlefield, that's I'll, awesome. Yeah, I was like, okay, this 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 thing's metal as fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Its name ain't though, Piesa bird. I like it. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was defeated by Chief Awatoga and his people in Norse mythology. Fafnir, mm-hmm. son of Hrydmar. Fafnir slowly transforms into a dragon after hoarding the cursed gold of Loki. There were some shenanigans before this, but for brevity's sake, because if I went into all these dragons, like deep in, in, into their origins, their lore, even that would be like, we could talk about this shit for hours, to be honest right. with you. He was poisoned by greed, going so far as to murder his own father to keep his treasures. So Fafnir, you're a bastard. Fafnir. You fapper. You fapping bastard. Fap near the fapper. <laughs> Son of Hrydmar, the strong armed. <laughs> the sword armed. <laughs> My fap arm! <laughs> <laughs> That's the Voltan when he's typing in the porn home. <laughs> I give you all with my fap hand! <laughs> Mushushu. Mushushu. That's the, a name. I love it. The dragon servant of Marduk. The Mesopotamian yes. god. Its vengeful past is lost to the sands of time. There's only like imagery left of it. There's no stories or anything. They can only speculate 
right. on what that dragon was and its powers. This is probably my like my favorite that I found that I was like, wow, this is this is crazy to me. The Druk, a thunder dragon of Tibet and Bhutan, is revered by both countries and many of its Buddhists. So that's their main religion over there. The Druk Rayung is a monastery in Bhutan where its disciples are known as the Drukpa, or those of the thunder. Because when the monastery was being built, their leader, or their leaders who are called the Druk Gyapo, or dragon kings, heard thunder and whatnot in in during the storm that was going on so they decided to name it the like the monastery of, of thunder or some mm-hmm. shit like that that's what the the Druk Rayung is and collectively they all refer to their country as Druk Yul land of the dragons i'm like these people are buried in, in on their flag it's 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 a dragon that's awesome i know still to this day man and yeah, the only other country I can think of offhand that has a dragon on its flag is Wales. Mm. And still to this day, this was really cool. One of the oldest deities still worshipped that we've tracked down through time is the Rainbow Serpent. Yeah. A deity. Quetzalcoatl, right? Uh, Quetzalcoatl? Yeah, sure. No, I, di- I didn't put him down because... Okay, I thought that was Quetzalcoatl. No. I'm getting my, I'm getting my dragons mixed up. No, he was with the Aztecs, yeah. Right, no. right. This is this is a, the Rainbow Serpent is a deity often seen as a creator god, known by numerous names in different Australian Aboriginal languages, and is a common motif in their art and in their religious imagery. Okay, that makes sense. Not all the myths of uh, the ancestral being link a rainbow with the snake, and not all describe the being as a snake, but there is usually a link with water or rain. Scholars have suggested that the link between the two represents the cycle of the seasons, blue being winter, red summer, yellow spring, and orange autumn, and the importance of water in human life. I started reading a lot more about the Rainbow Serpent um, when I was doing a deep dive on it. There's so much cool shit that this thing, like stories and things it does or things they they think it does, because, you know, this is some old... Religion. This is an ancient religion that's still practiced and talked about and influence, influences Aboriginals over there today. I'm saying that like I know, like I'm from fucking Australia. I'm just saying what I read. But one day I'd like to talk more about uh, the Rainbow Serpent. I don't know when that would come up, but Pride Month. Yeah, I mean, sure. That's cool. cool. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that too. When's Pride Month? I don't know. Fuck it. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. We're gonna make our own Pride Month. I'll stick uh, a bunch of straights people gonna find out. Proud, That's right. I'm proud of them Aboriginals. <laughs> proud of them Aboriginals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, I, yeah. I am proud of them for like holding on to like a an old ass religion. That's pretty dope. Yeah, just believing yeah. that the rainbow that you see in the sky is your god. Fucking. Make what it, does it mean? It makes it rain, dude. Double rainbow all the way across the sky. Oh, bro, if they would Maybe see that. Maybe even a triple rainbow. They would, <laughs> they would probably cry. Oh. Like he did he did in that video, that guy. They'd all sacrifice themselves. Everyone look up double, cool. double, double rainbow. rainbow is sacrifice day. Uh, what? Oh, they'd double. all sacrifice themselves if it's all double rainbow. Oh, they all drink the Kool-Aid together? Yeah. Oh. That Aboriginal Kool Aid, son. <laughs> See, and I was still, I was still in my head imagining, like I was picturing the Aboriginal people, but I still had like Aztec temples 
Or they're like chopping heads off and rolling them down the stairs and shit. That's what yeah. we were talking about earlier tonight. It's the son. best. It's the best. Fist bumping over fucking heads rolling. We gotta fucking talk about that movie one day, bro. That's I what love that movie that's so what much. Angel was talking, talking about. Talking about that, like, right it's one of my favorite, dude. Like the more I think about that movie, the more I want to watch it. Listeners, we're talking about Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. If you have not seen Apocalypto, fucking seek that epic shit out. It it gets a little it gets a little cosmic. Yeah. But in a very real gritty ass way where people are stupid and they don't know what they're looking at. And if you know anything about history, when you see the ending to that film, you're like Yeah. None of this matters. None of this matters. None of what you just saw matters. <laughs> it don't matter no more. Nope. But that's the end of my dragon spiel, man. I understand that you have something special for us, something dra- Dungeons and Dragons related, which ties into our, you know, medieval romp that we're going through over here. I like dragons a lot. Always have. Always thought they were cool. I used to have a little miniature flag of whales, actually, because I was like, I want to get that. It's got a dragon on it. So, yeah. I've always been fascinated with them. And in Dungeons and Dragons, believe it or not, there's a lot of dragons and a lot of lore behind those dragons. And also a lot of sub-dragons and other types of dragons and whatnot. And that which you're hearing are the alligators falling out of the sky yeah, that's and hitting al- the roof. Of, alligator hives. That's dragon tears, huh? Oh, alligator hives. <laughs> um, it's it's rain. It sounds like it's raining like they like gear fuck. up about two a.m. Yeah, at about two, they just freak out and fall out of the sky. At two a.m., dragons cry. Cool. Alligator dragons. Alligator dragons cry in the sky. Alligator fuckhouse. <laughs> All right, the Jabberwocky Jackal. Oh, shit. I can't name an episode of that. So in D&D, like I said, there's a lot of dragon lore. There's a lot of lore in that universe to begin with, but the dragon lore is no exception. A long-ass time ago, in the lore of D&D, there was a war. Before, like, any type of people, or elves, or whatever showed up, there was um, dragons and giants and some other kids, and... <laughs> It's called the Thousand Year War, which I think is hilarious because it lasted like exactly a thousand years, which to me is kind of stupid. Yeah. You know, it, but anyway. That's a long ass fucking battle. It's kind of stupid. It's like, come on, man, you should have made it like 999 years. <laughs> Seriously, like, why does it have to be exactly a thousand? Anyway, so giants and dragons were like, kind of like, well, shit, this is all mine. I own all of this. And so they couldn't get along and they fought until they decided that they were tired of fighting, basically, and it took them like a thousand years to get there. Yeah. During that war, dragons and giant kind both changed a lot and started to diversify into the different types that you know now. I thought you were going to say they started fucking. <laughs> they did that too. Oh. We'll get in. No, I'm just playing. We're not getting into that. Oh. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite stories from this war, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it off my notes right here. <laughs> So one of the greatest heroes from the giant nation was named Hjörner Wormreaver. Hjörner. 
who killed many dragons single-handedly and was reputed to have challenged Tiamat, the evil goddess of evil dragons, in a contest of riddles. He lost that contest and had to allow Tiamat to devour his child. Oh, no. <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. That's so was, fucking badass, but sucks at the same yeah, time. That's devour so, his child. Well, hey, I know I can solve this riddle. You can eat my kid if I can. <laughs> right, right. I'm so confident I will defeat you in your riddles, Dragon Queen, that I will, that I will put my life, my child's life on the line. Not mine, but my child. And she's like, right? How'd you get in here? She's like, What? Where did you come from? Have you been there this whole time? Are you drinking? Are you? Dr- <laughs> you got some? Are you? Are you drunk again, Hirner? Hirner. Hirner, I changed the locks. How did you get in here? <laughs> yeah, there. Well, he's. Um, we're oh. re, we're retconning it. He's a giant. They have a fucking bastard giant dragon baby. Yeah, they do. And he got in there, and he's like, "Really, you listen to me? Oh yeah, T-Mint. T-Mint. <laughs> I'm gonna solve you, goddamn real or not, bitch. And you're gonna fucking suck this D. <laughs> you big D. Oh." She's a dragon. But she's a big T. And so she was like, no. Big T? Yeah. T and Matt. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Big T and Matt? Big T Matt? Little T and Matt. <laughs> Little T and Matt. I need to blow out that candle before it burns onto the... It's going to burn the paper. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fire in this house. I like how there's wax dripping down the whole thing. It's pretty dope. <laughs> it's a good look, honestly. <laughs> I think it's a cool it's on look. The floor. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> God damn. For for aesthetics and, and, and whatnot, atmosphere, we had a candle. It looks burning. fucking great though, hanging <laughs> off. I was like, yeah. damn, that's dope. The wax has dripped everywhere off of our entertainment center. It's frozen to it. Not frozen. It's stuck on the it's floor. It's dry. Solidified. How nightclub. <laughs> Basically, when the dragons started changing into different types of dragons, the fucking. basic, huh? They were fucking. Oh, they were. They were just, you know, you know how how it happens. They evolve different colored dragons. Oh, yeah, chromatic dragons. Yeah, or uh, the ones that are labeled with as basic colors, so like red, blue, um, black, white, or all, and green are all evil dragons, evil in nature, whereas the metallic dragons, platinum, gold, brass, copper, and bronze, are all good nature. And then you've got various others, but those are the, the, the main, the two main groups. And they metallic pretty much... Metallic dragons and colored dragons? Metallic dragons and chromatic dragons. Okay. Yeah. There's others. There's like gem dragons and all kind of stuff that range all over the place. That sounds fucking cool. Like amethyst. Like they're normally neutral. So there's like amethyst and sapphire and ruby and this and that. Um, There's also shadow dragons and all all kind of crazy shit. 
from all over the different pl- the different planes of existence in D and D. But we're gonna what focus. Were, what if there were shit dragons? There's totally shit dragons. <laughs> Y'all are gonna meet one in the game anyway. Golgothan dragons. Yeah, bro. Oh, a Golgothan worm. Fuck. The shit worm, bro. That's what it's called. Shit dragons. The shit worm randers. Yeah, bro. Aside from that, there's also a lot of dragon kin. I believe one of them. One of them's actually a, a brown dragon, and it's kind of separate from the other chromatics because they don't really like they don't really claim it because it's so dumb and it doesn't even have wings they tend to just yeah they kind of just they're kind of just dumb animals kind of fucked up yeah it's like a prehistoric chicken kind of it's 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 on four legs but it's like it's yeah it's just a dumb big stupid it's the uh the rick the rick from that universe they all make fun of they're like he eats his own poop you know Right. He eats his own shit. He does. <laughs> That's why he's the brown dragon. <laughs> why? Why but, gotta be Mr. P? But, uh... <laughs> but wyverns also are dragon kin. And they're much less intelligent than your regular dragons. They only got two legs. They got two legs, and instead of a set of arms, their wings are their arms, basically. Yeah. And they have a scorpion's tail... And they're very venomous, but they have no breath weapon. They don't be breathing that fire flames. No, they be stinging the fuck out of you and carrying carrying you away to the shit nest. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, um, as far as dragons go, like I said, the, your metallics are your good ones, so you've got the gold, and they're probably the strongest of your general common dragon type. They tend to be lawful good. They have a fire breath weapon, which is really stupid considering they normally live underwater. Huh. Yeah, they didn't think that through. Of course, that's only in 5e. Every edition changes some shit in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's you know, consistency is a, is a factor in the lore. So, gold dragons, they tend to look like like what you said, like your, your eastern dragons serpentine either two arms in front and no legs mm-hmm. or a set of legs far in the back or no arms or legs at all you know just a big snake just a big crazy flying snake I'm just thinking about knockoff dragons like sterling silver dragon <laughs> and cubic zirconium dragon <laughs> oh god that's amazing titanium dragon yeah tin dragon bro Oh, aluminum dragon. Aluminum dragon. Morganite dragon. <laughs> Morganite. It's Dragonite, baby. That's dra- It's just Dragonite. <laughs> Delivering messages and shit. Oh. S- some someone out there is gonna get that reference. Um, oh yeah, boy. But they look bad. Well, consistency being being neither here nor there. Back in the day when I used to play Dungeons and Dragons a lot more often, well, especially when when I was DMing, there was a certain punishment that yeah. I would bestow upon the uh, the unlucky enough but also well deserved unruly players mm-hmm. who would uh, derail the game to an extent that made it you know sort of insufferable. Right. I would sick a flock of black dragons on those players, and black dragons—they're the smallest, right? In third edition, yes, they yeah. were the smallest of the dragon types. 
um, one of the most evil, and they flocked, which is very unlike dragons. <laughs> and wasn't their breath weapon acid? Yes. Acid. They, I didn't know that. Because I've probably told you about this before. I think that we played it and I had an acid dragon. I'm proud of my flock of black dragons that would dive in. They'll swoop in and fuck shit up quick. Just burping acid. For no reason. Like They, they don't need a reason. Like the alien, like the xenomorph bleeding everywhere. Yeah. It's gonna burn through the hall. Hell, the xenomorphs can, can just spit acid too, apparently, if you watch Alien Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He totally just spits in uh, Ron Perlman's face. And no, no, the other dude. Not Ron Perlman. Uh, the dude that was carrying the cripple guy. Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember his name. But that's, Anyway, that's whatever. What I, love. <laughs> I love the chaos of a flock. Because no character, even a group of characters, is not going to be able to handle a flock. Certainly not at the levels that we were playing at back then. No. I mean, these if are, you're not a level of, if you're not level tens, a group of level tens or above, you're not, you're not fucking with a flock of black dragons. And that's what I, that's how I'd say it too. Be like, oh yeah, yeah, you not, oh you're not gonna do, okay, flock of black dragons. <laughs> and that just meant utter destruction, death, chaos, right, reigning supreme. That was my little two cents about the black dragons. I just I, I love them. I really like the design of those as well in third edition because like their face was like they had kind of like not like ram horns, but like if you remember Tim the Enchanter's hat from Holy Grail, yeah, like they had horns shaped like that that come forward from the back, and their face was very skeletal looking. They looked really cool. I like that. And like the fact look. and the fact that they were. Smaller than the rest of the dragons kind of made them creepier to me, because they're still totally big enough to eat you in one bite, but they're not these big fucking things that you can see from a mile away necessarily. Kind of sneak around like a jabberwock. They, they like could the, jabberwock your like ass. Oh yeah, pretty much. Raptor dragons and they flock. So yeah. So, as far as your other chromatic dragons, you've got blue. They tend to be very vain. Um, They live in deserts. They like to bury themselves in the sand so that the static electricity builds up on their scales because they like that. They have a lightning breath weapon. It's like tremor dragons. Kind of, yeah. But, I mean, they fly around, too. Right. They're also really cool. They have a, a big central horn on the top of their snout. I think they're cool looking. Some would say they're sandworms. Sure, sandworms. <laughs> out there, for the people out there listening, we're not. Every time we're saying worms, though, it's with a Y, not an O. Yes. And I don't. I don't know the origin of that, but that's something else. Dragons are sometimes called, or maybe it's a worms. Yeah. Again, like a like a different group of dragons. It's called worms. Worm. Yeah. Worm. Worm. Oh, that's that's how I differentiate worm from weir. Weir. <laughs> it's yes. a weir. Weir. Um, so red dragons are pretty self-explanatory. 
They're big, powerful bastards. They all they want is all the treasure they can find. Dragons like can't help themselves. Even the good ones, they can't help themselves but hoard something. They just got to. It's in their nature. And red dragons are like your typical, like I said, big asshole, breathing fire dicks. Yeah, they're the fucking. Yeah, they just they're dicks. Green dragons tend to live in forests. Their breath weapon changes from addition to addition, but it's usually either fire or poisonous gas. They love riddles. They're kind of cowardly. Uh, yeah, so they're not that interesting. Oh. Uh, they be smoking that ganj. Yeah, I think they just kind of like do their thing and try not to get in the way. Puff the magic dragon. Yeah. Lives by the sea. <laughs> we already talked about gold dragons. They're good guys. They're actually the bodyguards for the king of the good dragons, the god. He's like the god of all good dragons. His name is Bahamut, or Bahamut, or however you say it. Bahamut? No, (laughs) not that one. Um, And he's basically a giant platinum dragon. Um, And he's a good dude. He's a really cool dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. Bahamut. Silver dragons. They uh, also have fire breath. I like the way they look in 3-5. Yeah, they do. They look great. I need to go look at all of these. Brass dragons. I believe brass dragons have a lightning breath. Yeah. The bronze dragons have a fire breath. And they tend to live on coasts, like coastal caves and stuff. But the bronze dragons are cool because their horde is different. They like to hoard things that... They just like to hoard stuff, not necessarily treasure. They tend to like obscure books and knowledge and stuff. So they tend to have huge libraries in their lairs where they sit and read all day. Because they just want to know everything. Dragon seeking knowledge, boy. I'm trying to remember which one likes to collect people. (laughs) One of the good dragons likes to collect interesting people. So it's like... It's like a way that a good dragon can get in your fucking party's way while not being an evil dragon, you know? I forgot to mention the white dragons out of the uh, chromatics. They're, in most editions, they're the dumbest of your common dragons. They're smart, like, but it's it's like child smart. They're like easy to outsmart. They're just not, not real sharp. They're a Dennis Cooper. Kind of a Dennis Cooper, except not so nice. They kind of just, what they do, they kind of just, like, steal, like, livestock. And they live in very cold environments. So they kind of, like, steal livestock and then, like, stow it really deep under the snow for later. And then go back to it like some kind of, like, a a dumb bird or something or a dumb (laughs) animal. They just come back to it later and can eat it later. They're, They're just, yeah. I can't remember if it's the bronze or the brass dragon, but one of them likes to collect interesting people. Human trafficking dragons. <laughs> Bruh, like, 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 they're known for seeing, like, a coming across a group of adventurers and being like, oh, that's what you know? I'd love to help you. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Hey, first, you gotta come to my cave oh. and talk to me a while. And then they just don't let you leave. Damn. Yeah, like, they're good, but they just, like, no. It's too soon. You're being rude. You gotta no, you're, you're being rude. You need to tell me more stories. You gotta stay here and talk to me. And just entertain him. Just entertain this big asshole dragon. 
But he's a good dragon. But he's good. So what if you like really are like, no, nah, I'm leaving. He's gonna, he's gonna hold. He, he's he might let you go, but he's gonna hold you up, bro. He's gonna hold you up as long as he can. Get in front of the door and not move and be like, well, so the other day <laughs> I went out to the market. Yeah, and, bro. And by market I mean the farmer's field, and I <laughs> snatched up a dozen cattle. Right. But my favorite of the of the metallic dragons is the copper. They're cool looking. I like their faces. I like their colors, their patterns. They tend to be, you guessed it, copper colored. In the picture we saw, he was like shaking hands with a person. Yeah, they're cool. They're also small. Um, they tend to be good natured, like all the good dragons. But they love art and riddles. They typically and skittles and skittles. They typically help adventurers as long as they participate in some poetry or riddles or music or whatever. They're just like, yeah, man. Man, you could hire a dragon and just talk to it like that. Like, it seems like some of them are just kind of lonely. Uh, most of them are. Mm-hmm. Most of the good ones. That's sad. Dragons tend to be solitary creatures. Like, that's what they're made for because they can't stand each other. For instance, one copper dragon. Copper dragons love to be the center of attention. And so when they get together, they're just like... <laughs> they're just like... Stop hogging the adventurers! <laughs> like, he was, t- he was regaling me with poetry, not oh. you. <laughs> I love how in D and D, there's this whole species of infighting, childish, greedy, lonely babies yeah. that have immense power, <laughs> immunity to most magic. Yeah. Like, god damn. <laughs> Whatever gods made these fucking things and just littered the world with them and like, here, dude, these are your problems now. That's an interesting story to talk about. So the creation myth in D&D for dragons was that there was one dragon at one point and I forget what, what happened, but some other god was like, fuck you, and cut it in half and that one half became Bomet, the good dragon guy, and the other half became Tiamat. He'd been half. <laughs> I'm cutting half pretty bad, Dewey. <laughs> and that them, even though they hated each other, I'm cutting bad, pretty, cutting half pretty bad, Tiamat. <laughs> they kept they kept banging and made kept making dragons. And um, after a while, Vomit was like, "Nah, I'm on some other shit now." And Tiamat was uh, really mad about it. And so they have a strange relationship to where like they're kind of like each other but they're brother and sister but they want to bang each other but they hate each other it's 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 a really interesting relationship between these two no especially especially with tiamat because she wants nothing more than to like she doesn't want to kill vomit she wants to corrupt him so that she can so that he can be hers basically they sound like the lannisters yeah sort of I think that's all I got on dragons for now, if you want to. That's the real world dragons, because the, they're real. Yeah, In the real totally. world. The D&D dragons. Something, well, like a taste. A taste no, no, it's world. a taste. A taste of the, the glory. See what it tastes See like. See what it tastes like. <laughs> Ooh, foreshadowing. Oh, just a little taste.
If you have not seen tonight's film, Jabberwocky, cry off the podcast now. Jabberwocky is a 1977 British fantasy comedy, co-written and directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame, and he also made films such as Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Brazil, and Twelve Monkeys. It stars Michael Palin as Dennis, a Cooper's apprentice, and a Cooper is apparently someone who makes barrels. That's as far as a Cooper. Yeah. That's as far as I can tell who is forced through clumsy, often slapstick misfortunes to hunt a terrible dragon after the death of his father. The film's title is taken from the nonsense poem, which you have heard already, Jabberwocky, from Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass, published in 1871. I guess Terry Gilliam heard a poem and was like, well, I'm going to make a fucking movie about this. (laughs) Then... My my love of Monty Python goes back a long ways. I'm sure your yours does too. Yeah, definitely. This film grew up on that. It's got strong Monty Python vibes, and this movie he directed after Holy Grail. Right. Holy Grail. Holy Grail came out in '75. So this is '77. Oh, that quick? Yeah, I mean, Damn. if you're on fire, you know, you can turn a movie around in two years. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if... Yeah, I mean, look how fast Charles Band puts movies out. Or or Woody Allen, he makes a movie a year, or he was for, a, for like, a long time, yeah. making a movie a year. But if you think about it, the movie came out in 75, so he was probably writing it in 75. Yeah, made or already it, working on it. Already working on it, made it in 76 into there, and, you know... It makes sense. I don't have any stats or anything about this movie. This seems to be kind of a mostly forgotten film. Uh, yeah. There, there doesn't seem to even be that big of a cult following for it, to be honest with you, which I think is weird because this is totally a cult following type of film. Yeah, it's forgettable because I forgot it. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to jump right into it. I don't have scores. I don't have none of that. I don't have box office. Fuck all that stuff. Fuck all that stuff. We're gonna, we're gonna get right right down into it and dive into this muff pie yeah boy like a like a rotten potato <laughs> a coveted rotten potato he's gonna still try to buy one for <laughs> what is it Griselda Griselda yeah she eats some oh, potatoes she's the best yeah she throws that rotten potato at him and he's like are you sick yeah like, oh, I should hold it close yeah. to my heart Always, my love. And his new bitch tries to take it, and then he's like, "No." Oh, she takes it though. She does. And then she, and then her dad throws it out the fucking window, and it lands on his lap somehow. So it's like the universe brought it back to him. Yeah. Yeah. The The universe does interesting things to Dennis. Dennis the Cooper, (laughs) or just Dennis Cooper, as as I want to call him, he gets he gets lucky a lot of the time. 
just pretty much the whole movie is just luck, luck, luck. Uh, from what I remember, nothing ever really changes for him either. Like, as far as he doesn't grow as a character, he kind of just no. stays yeah. a, a dunce. Right. Being An overly yeah. optimistic dunce. He kind of stupid. I like, I like that about him, though, that he's overly optimistic and he's so, like, just... I, he's just high on life, him. I don't know if trusting is the word. Yeah. Poor guy. All right, let's walk into this driver. Was breathing, and the slithy toes did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the bother goves, and the mome rats outgrave. So the film opens, and we 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 had rewritten this this opening. Um, the film opens with some trapper. Whistling his way through the woods with the best hat in the in the world. Yeah, he's got what is it like a, a medieval like duck hat kind of. Like it's got like a super long bill and on that, the front of it. But doesn't he also have like a fucking tail of like a something a fox or something sticking out? Yeah, yeah. I thought this was just kind of odd, and I was almost like, is this set in a? Okay, yes, it's a fantasy world, but is this set in an alternate? fantasy i was like what kind of magic shit is he wearing but he's not it's just furs he's a trapper yeah. and he's <laughs> fucking whistling his ass off capturing all kinds of animals mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and stuffing them all in one sack <laughs> <laughs> what's he get first like he's it's a uh, rabbit or something yeah it's like a rabbit or something first and he stuffs it in there and then he gets a, a fox and then they start fighting in there. Yeah, like it's all anarchy in the bag after that. Didn't we talk about, well, how did we rewrite it? That he keeps adding and adding, adding and adding. Right, like we were like, and then he gets a snake and he puts the snake in there. And they're all fucking, <laughs> the snake's trying to eat the fucking rabbit. And the fucking fox is biting on the snake. And Then he comes across a fucking, and this is, this is why I said we're going to get to hives later. Yeah. <laughs> he comes across like a fucking hornet's nest and he's just like... He knocks it down and catches it in the bag, like as it falls out the tree, and closes it up and keeps on walking. So now they're all getting stung by fucking bees too. (laughs) (laughs) That's the new opening. That's That's, how. That's that's how we want to do envision it. Just dial it to eleven. But even without us like upping it, upping the ante, the way the film starts already is is it's just humorous, and then you get some awesome shit yeah this was the scene that sold me on it like okay I want to watch this movie more so than before because the Jabberwocky is stalking from like a point of view shot is stalking the trapper through the forest and eventually gets hold of him and picks him up evil dead to ash spinning with his face facing the camera style like like right up in the camera you know as it's lifting him up through all the trees and he's just freaking out like ah, oh, oh, and making all the faces and falls to the ground and this is it's so fucking metal his body is just flesh and bone and kind of burnt right yeah is yeah. it or no well it looks it looks it looks like like he just kind of like picked them clean to the bone and some of the organs yeah um but, like, he's got, like, his head intact and, like, his hands, and that's, like, all that's pretty much intact. Pretty much anything that was sticking out of the Jabberwocky's mouth right. is still there. 
Like it, it's like the Jabberwocky just took his body in his mouth and went, yeah, and just spit him out. He sucked all the flesh off, <laughs> like a like an old fucking greasy ass chicken wing. <laughs> and that's how the movie starts. You yeah, know? he basically ate 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 him the way I eat uh, buffalo wild wings. So there you go. You remember that? What? The, that death kill? The death scene? A little bit. Man, that image it, really it, should have scarred, like, burned movie, itself into your brain. This movie has, like, guar-level special effects that I love. <laughs> I like every time someone gets murdered um, by the Jabberwocky and, and, and the fucking viscera he leaves behind. After a cool title card where blood splatters on the screen and shit. Jabberwocky. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when you get the narration about the city and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It opens up with the poem, mm-hmm. or part of the poem, and then after that point, you get the narration about the city and. Yeah, it's like you know that. that in the depths of the dark ages, uh, this creature known as the Jabberwocky is tormenting the kingdom of uh, Bruno the Questionable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> So these peasants... Son of, Bru- son of what, what, Olaf the Loud. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the peasants are seeking refuge in the city to escape all the ravages of the creature. So all the peasants from the countryside and everything are like, oh, which this is turning out to be really good for business in the city. So merchants and shit like that are like, this the best. Right. And you meet this when you meet Dennis and his father and they're building barrels. Well, Dennis is taking stock. He's <laughs> wait, what? Dennis is taking taking an inventory stock at the moment, and his dad's trying to get him to come help with the barrel that he's working on. Oh, and, oh, and yeah, Dennis is uninterested. That. He's like really trying to get out of doing it, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm just taking stock. You you can never be. Too, right. You got to keep up with your stock. I only took stock once today, father. Yeah, and his dad's like done with it. He's just like." Instead of focusing on what his son's talents are, he's trying to force him to be something that he's not. Yeah. But he's, you know, yeah, he's pissed off about it. (laughs) And then you get the best. Yeah. Fucking fish Fish finger. finger. (laughs) (laughs) This dude shows up. And he's like, he's like, man, I need some cheaper barrels because they only need to last till I get to the city. And his dad's like, fuck no, I'm a craftsman. I'm a craftsman. This is, you know, this isn't, this is an art. This is a craft. It's not, it's not some cheap shit. And he's like, what you want is bags. So go get bags because you're not getting these fine barrels for the price you're wanting them for. Yeah, because he says he wants to give them a tuppence. A tuppence. (laughs) And that's what pisses the old man, fucking the old Cooper off. He's a tuppence. And he's like, starts getting Riley, after he's, he's all yeah. riled up. <laughs> I think we're going to attend to your needs, Mr. Fishfinger. Exactly how uh, inexpensive. No more than tuppence apiece. Tuppence? I don't make barrels to last two or three days, Fishfinger. I make barrels to last a lifetime. I'm a craftsman, Fishfinger. Yes, we know. Everybody Which is something you'll never understand. Well, it's, uh, I... Are you either, Dennis, I'm afraid? Well, we... You don't want barrels, fish finger. Yes. You want bags. Don't get it. Father, don't. Out this. And don't come back here with your soggy deals. Yes. Yeah. 
And uh, Dennis and Fishfinger are talking, and he's Fishfinger's talking about how he went to this other village. Muckley. Muckley, yeah. He went to Muckley, and he's like, oh, yeah, two miles away over in Muckley. And Dennis is like, gosh, I'd love to travel. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I was over in Muckley the other day. Muckley? That's quite a ways, isn't it? Two mile or more easy. Gosh, I'd like to travel someday, Mr. Fishfinger. A lot of people back then, I mean, even still kind of now, but but especially back in the day before traveling fucking, you know, wherever you wanted was possible, most people didn't really, like, leave, what, what, what a mile or two from where they were from? Something like yeah. that? They might leave, but they never left, you know? They'd go... I'd say they probably stayed in a, probably like a... 15-mile radius most of their lives. Just, I mean, look at us. We're all basically still where we're from. Yeah. So we, we, we are the uh, the stereotype or the typical, I guess. Yeah, Fishfinger um, basically insults the old man. He has Dennis, in, you know, in, entranced. He, he wants to be a success like Fishfinger. Right. And it helps, too, that he's in love with Fishfinger's daughter, who... <laughs> You, you see, you see Dennis. I guess he's on his way to town, or I don't know where he's going. Um, and he's just—I think he's just going to see Griselda. Yeah, I he's think on, that's his whole point. He's on a raft. Like a little, <laughs> well, he's on like a little boat. Oh, and like a little swamp. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a little shitty canoe, little boat that he's in. Yeah, it's a shit swamp, and she lives in a hut. Oh. She's an apathetic, fucking potato eater, living in a swamp hut. Uh... I like I like the fact that they're supposed to be like wealthy, but like just the house and the location they live in. Is yeah, because this fucking is fucking awful. Th- this is Fishfinger's house, and Griselda is his daughter. Right. And I picture her fucking putting curds on the potatoes and lathering it up with fucking cream, fat cream, like cream fridge. No, like what is it? Lard. 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 Yeah. Damn. And she's just eating it and just. Right, right, right. Yeah, you can never understand. Can never understand what she's saying. No need to cook it. She's eating it raw. Mm-hmm. She likes it. And raw. her dad's hanging his ass out the window, literally shitting into the water <laughs> while they're talking to him. <laughs> shitting into the water that they probably like wash with and, and cook with and drink and all that. And the and the mother is throwing fucking slop out the window onto Dennis in his little boat. Yeah. And the little boy comes over and starts pissing on him. <laughs> and, and Griselda's uninterested in his, 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 like, him being so infatuated and in love with her. He's so sweet to her. And he, Griselda, my darling, and all this. And she could just give a fuck less. Right. She's not feeling it. She's not having him. She's hungry. She on them potatoes, cuz. That's, <laughs> that's all she cares about. It's it, it, When he comes back from basically being ignored by his the love of his life... And, and insulted in various ways by the whole family. Right. Or uh, or just treated in a degradating way by everybody in the family. Dennis returns home to find out that his dad is dying. Right. Um, I, I forget exactly how the scene plays out, but there actually is a cool jump cut to someone asking him about his dad, and he's like, oh, he's fine, or whatever, and they cut right. to the old man, and he just starts having a heart attack <laughs> right <laughs> then and there. Right. Dennis shows up back at his house, and his dad is surrounded by, I don't know, like a lot of people. Who the fuck are all those people that are at his house? Bruh, his dad's people, bruh. I don't know. They never explain that. No. 
They never explained who all those fucking people are, but there's a shit ton of people in this little darkly lit room. I, I, I think the scene, like the scene here, this a lot of the shots for this movie. I'll, I'll talk about that. There's a lot quick. of contrast. Yeah. The same. Yeah. A lot of darks and uh, well, everything outside is pretty bright, but everything in the city, especially in the castle, right, super dark. Super dark. I love the contrast. I love the way this this movie looks. I like it. It, it, it definitely it, it rings kinda, of the seventies. It kind of gives me like like full moon vibes from some of their older movies. I kind of get, in a weird way, and maybe it's just the film stock or whatever, but I get like a seventies horror totally like yeah. like a yeah. Texas Chainsaw look to the mm-hmm. film or something. But yeah, yeah, I love those old looking movies like that. This scene definitely is not in a castle, but it is taking place in what is supposed to be. A pretty sad moment, right? But it gets all fucked up <laughs> because Dennis's dad on his deathbed just dresses him down, dude. Oh, chews him the fuck out. He ba- oh, yeah. He basically tells him he's a dis. In so many he words, tells, he tells him you're everything that I despise. Yeah, he's <laughs> like you're gonna end up just like that fish finger. <laughs> And he's like, oh, he, about that. Dennis thinks fish finger is the best, so he's right. like, oh well, cool. And he's like, oh, you, <laughs> right, right, you know nothing of craftsmanship, right, right. And you've no love or appreciation for the wood. Father, you're delirious. Yeah. You don't know what you're saying. Oh yes, I do. You, you whimpering, snotty-nosed, cretinous oof. Uh, I've wanted to see this for years. Father, we're not alone. You're everything I despise. Dad's raving, I'm afraid. No, he's not. Stock taker. Stock taker. <laughs> he keeps calling him stock taker like it's an insult. Right. And then, and then the end, in front of all these people. He, he denounces him. Yeah. You're no son of mine. He says, I'm taking it with me. And he literally has his chest of gold. Mm-hmm. And he, like, puts it on his lap and hugs it. He's like, it's coming with me. <laughs> he said, you won't have my cooperage or anything. He fucking dies like and that. And he pieces out just like that. Man, what a fucking shit way, like, for your day to go. And, and his son is, like, the whole time he's like, Oh, Dad, no, that's not how it is. He's like, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, clearly, clearly, my dad is is raving mad right now. And right, like, one random dude's like, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dennis's face when that random guy says he looks over at the crowd like, God damn, man, all right, <laughs> I get it. I'm trying to fucking block it in a way. And this scene, this scene was actually uh, inspired by real life events from someone who Terry Gilliam was friends with. Oh, yeah. Really one of his friends, one of his friends' father, basically told her this on his deathbed because oh, she wanted to be an actress or something instead of whatever. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's bro. Sad. And Terry Gilliam was like, "Man, that's sad, but I bet I can." He said it's kind of funny, so I yeah. bet I couldn't. I could, you know. I, I love that. I love that he was like. If it is a based on a true story, I really my favorite part would be if if someone in there was like, "Oh, don't don't worry, my my parents just losing their mind." The doctor is like, "No, no, no. very lucid right now, right? Very lucid, <laughs> very with it. You're dying, yes, but 
still cognitively no <laughs> no issues. Telling the truth, as far as I can see. Now they the have, doctor's they judging them. Up, they have a hooked up to a lie detector <laughs> test. Like, no, nope. yeah. his heart rate's fine considering he just had a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dennis tries to say goodbye to Griselda. This is the scene where she chunks him the potato to remember her by. Oh. He's outside. The sounds that they make while he's outside, and because yeah. they, they don't show them, no, they just show the shitty house and oh, the, while they're eating yeah, the just the sounds they make. Bro. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis comes paddling up to back to the swamp <laughs> hut, and he's outside. The whole scene is shot from pretty much his point of view outside the house, and you just hear the family just and there's like and farting, and farting. Yeah. Pass the potatoes. Griselda's in there saying. Yeah, boy. So you want Dennis? Come on. Griselda. Griselda, I'm going away. Say something. Say anything. Pass the potatoes. I heard that. You are in there, Griselda. My darling, I'm going away. I may not even see you. That's right. Dennis just keeps going on and on, like, oh, you'll probably never see me again. And finally, to the point to where Fish Fingers like tell the tell the poor boy something, Griselda. Right. She, I think she just belches or something, and then throws the potato out the window. And he's yeah. he is in love with this this half eaten potato. Oh yeah. He catches it. And he's like, Griselda, you do care. Right. Or and then he, then he's like, I shall hold it close to my heart always, darling. <laughs> like a dude, eventually that thing's gonna be rotten in your jacket, and you're just gonna stank the the old rot potato. The old potato. Damn, dude. Finally here, where King Bruno reigns supreme in the dirt castle. <laughs> the dirtiest, oldest, nastiest castle. Best castle ever. Mounds of dirt. Dude, it gets to the point. <laughs> it gets to the point where they're the servants are always just scooping up fucking dirt and Tired mortar. And yeah, just scooping dirt into a pile into like another pile. <laughs> Everything's... They're carrying it out in barrels. <laughs> yeah. They're literally carrying the dirt and the dust in the castle out in uh... barrels. <laughs> and it's still dirty as fuck. Everything's falling apart. Because, <laughs> again, it's the Dark Ages, right? Yeah. So everything... Everything know. just sucks in the Dark Ages, bro. Oh, man. The way they wake this dude up is amazing, too. The, the king is having some kind of nightmare. Horrible night terrors. And his servant comes in, and he fucking splashes him with water, right? Yeah. He just brings a whole bucket over or something and just... He's all, like, putting, like, flowers in it and stuff, like, making it real nice. And then he just walks <laughs> in and just dumps it on him. <laughs> you think he's going to make him, like, something to put his feet like, soak in or some right, shit? Right, like something like that. Yeah, just something... <laughs> Your feet will smell of, of, of daisies, King Bruno. That you get you get a, a funny scene right after that with these the, this is where you learn about the snooty merchants. Right, the but, merchant guildsmen that all just kinda are loving life right now because they're making fat stacks. 
they're being being some capitalist cronies. <laughs> they're basically, being, they're being carried by people. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> through the shit streets, because back in the back in in the dark ages. Oh yeah, bro. I mean, this happened all 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 throughout history all the time, but. We'll just say, most notably in the Dark Ages, people would throw their slop and their shit and piss out of windows. Into the streets. Into the streets. I know. Right. So you always keep that in mind, audience, whenever you're watching a film where people are walking through the streets, and I'm talking Game of Thrones too, because guess what? King's Landing, that shit was landing all right on the fucking (laughs) ground. Smelling straight like Bourbon Street cook. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like Bourbon Street pounds per square inch. Right, right. I mean, like, <laughs> we're talking about how they do in the dark ages. I mean, fuck, they, they, they still do that in Bourbon, on Bourbon Street. This is, but this is, like, concentrated because right, this shit right. ain't going nowhere, man. Right. They throw in Vomit up. gimps everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh. Oh, no. Uh, that's crossovers. Crossover shows. Yay. Go listen to the audition episode of Joe Blow Horror Show. Mommy Gimps. This one's for you, Joe Blow. <laughs> Boss Tuna. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. It's kind of kind of funny looking, you know. Yeah. He's not from there. I know. I just like I just like doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the Joe Blow Horror Show, you know. You know, where yeah. We, where we are the ones who uh, review, rate, discuss, and break down horror movies, yeah. Yeah, not films, yeah. Not films, no. Yeah, no. bud. Yeah, bud. Betty <laughs> <laughs> thinks we sound like jackasses. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> nah. I, I love him, but, yeah. you know. He knows. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. He knows he, what's up. He knows. He knows. So, okay, okay, okay. We're getting... <laughs> this is fun, though. You're derailing this trail. I am. My bad. T-Boo. Yeah, so the snooty merchants are, are being carried through the shit streets. That's the whole point of that. <laughs> by, by people holding them on, like, chairs. Right. So they've just got, like, rows of people holding them up because they're human adults that weigh a lot. Why are they hitting them? They they start to smack yeah. them because they want them to get there faster. They're trying to. They're basically <laughs> right. racing while they're having a conversation <laughs> about right. their business. They want to they want to keep having their conversations about business, and but they also want to be the one to get there first. So they're like whipping the fucking oh. slaves, and they're like faster, you dog, or whatever. Right, right. And, and but they're also still trying to keep up with each other. And it, it's. It does. It does evolve into yeah, like a full on race, and it's, it's really comical. <laughs> one, one, one fucking team like eats it. Yeah, totally they, tips over, and just they all land in the shit street. I swear to God, it looks like they fall into mud pies. Yeah, bro. For real. And then they finally get to the point where they gotta park their little human chair stuff, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they all they they park and they they get off and then. When they get to the steps that lead into the castle, they're like, no, after you. Yeah. No, 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 after you. <laughs> it was all for nothing. Just all that shit was for nothing. It's just a big show so they could whip their servants. <laughs> yeah, so they now they're in the dirt throne room and um, <laughs> with King Bruno the Questionable. Uh, there's an assassination attempt. Yeah. You see the holy hand grenade. Yes, you do. Of Antioch. And they bring in some peasants who are basically like begging for help. Right. What happens with them? They get they get they get sent away. Like, oh, I, yeah. I forget why. Something like that. 
yeah, and the city's being overran with refugees, and they're trying to figure out what to do about the Jabberwocky, which I don't remember if they're even calling it the Jabberwocky at this point. I don't no, they're they, calling it the monster. They never really even call it a Jabberwocky, do they? That cult calls it the uh, Jabberwock. Interesting that he named the movie Jabberwocky when if they, you know, they only ever call it a Jabberwock. I know it's from the poem, but still. <laughs> I don't know. Dennis finally gets to the city, so this is, he, he, he's got no family, he's got no money really, or anything to his name, so I guess he figures he's going to go to the big city and take stock yep. somewhere. Yep, he's going to make it. His, his whole deal is he can, or at least he thinks he can. Make things more efficient. Yeah, he's like, he's like a, he always make, wants things to be in a certain order and do, and right. like, well actually, if you hold your hammer like this, and then he's he. like a manager, he's organized. But, well, yeah, but he always causes chaos when he does the things he He's wants to really do. He's a really poor manager. Like, they have one guy, he goes up to, like, a blacksmith, and the blacksmith is... He's like, if you put your rivets here, and your uh, this here, and, like, it just fucks them all up, and he ends up hitting the guy on the hand. And yeah, this guy keeps, he keeps putting a nail, very timed and very well paced. He's putting a nail or something. He's putting something down. Little rivets. Yeah. Little, like, rivet-looking things. And the fucking blacksmith is hitting it. Bang! Bang, bang, and they got a system going, a flow. They're they're they they they're vibing, man. He comes up and he tries to, well, duh, duh, duh. and like you said, it causes a fucking uh, chain reaction that takes down this entire blacksmith shop. It just <laughs> one thing after another. I think we jumped ahead with that. But yeah, we did. He comes across the the guards that they won't let his ass in. Right, and they're like. Take off your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he when he decides he's not going to give them the potato because they want it, they're like, "You can eat all week, all for this for weeks." And he's like, "It's a keepsake. My my darling gave it to me." And they're like, one of them's like, "Oh, she must really love you." <laughs> That's what. And he's all like, "It gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside just thinking about it." Oh. And he's and he's like, "Oh, let's let him in." And the other guy's like, "No, he's not giving us the potato. He can't get in." <laughs> And then they, they, he goes to walk away, and they're like, stop! And they're like, show us your legs. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's, they're like, show us your legs. So he pulls his pants down in front of everybody. Mind you, there's a line of people waiting to get in the gate from there to Timbuktu. Yeah. And like he just exposes himself to all these people, and all they do is laugh at him. Oh, god damn, man. <laughs> yeah. That's all they do is just laugh at him now. They don't let him in or anything. Fuck it. I've got. I, I, I think because I'm. I'm. I'll be upfront because I don't know how else to do this. I'm reading off my notes, so I've got the king eats plaster, but that's normal. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it, it it cuts back to him, and uh, he's like, like his servants are bringing him food king while he's plaster talking. Plaster of dirt castle. <laughs> his, his, He's like, carcinogenic. He's he's meeting with those those uh, those guild guys, and like he's 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 eating like some soup or something. And the servant brings him the soup, and he's like, "What's this? Could be someone trying to poison me." And the servant eat like picks it up and eats it, and he's like, "Just plaster, sir." And then he's like, "Oh," and he just keeps eating. Fuck, <laughs> oh, man, the castle's just so decrepit. It's like. Yeah, we eat plat because it falls in the it's just falling everywhere. Right. <laughs> we take a bath in it, it don't matter. Yeah, and him and the guilds the guildsmen decide that they're gonna host a jousting tournament yep. to see who's going to 
win the award of him, going him face and, the monster. Him and like his right hand man, because the guild guys actually don't want to get rid of the monster. Yeah. Because monster's good for business. Right. Because people are staying in the cities and spending that money. Um, so there being some real crooks. Um, but his right hand man, Pesohue, is the one who suggests um, maybe a tournament. And then the king's like, oh, yeah, it can be to the death, and it'll be fun. And he's like, no, 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 no. Pestle Hughes like, we can't do that. And and the king's not having it. He's, like, talking about hearing the sound of swords clanging on shields and the spurt of blood when an unsuspecting dagger is thrust into an unprotected groin. And, oh, yeah. He wants it. He, want, he wants the fucking violence. <laughs> he's got the, the bloodlust. He's got the bloodlust. He's got a traca. He's tying he all this that. fucking plaster, man. Yeah, bro. He needs the meat. He says, I don't need my knights running around having pillow fights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the tournament, it's years since we heard the clash of sword against shield, the clamor of mightily armored knights crashing to the ground, the spurt of blood as the dagger is thrust into unprotected groin. <laughs> well, after this, he goes and visits his daughter, yeah? Yeah. With the Blessed Sisters of Misery? Yeah. God damn. The Blessed Sisters of Misery sit around all day and just crochet, it looks like. She, what, the daughter? And yeah. pray while they crochet. She's fucking crocheting a scene from the Siege of Castle oh, yeah. Applewaddle. Yeah. Wherein the king eats his horse on the ninth day, the 93rd day of the of- siege. <laughs> <laughs> And she's so bubbly and happy about it. I love it. Yeah, and that's where the king comes to break the news. Like, part of the prize for the winner of the jousting tournament, who is going to go fight the monster, the Jabberwock, is that she is going to marry this winner. Right. And she's like, fuck that, I want a prince. Right, she's like, I want to marry a prince. And he's like, well, I can make him a prince, can't I? And she's like, it's not the same. And then he's like, yeah, you're right, it's not the same. And she's like, but I'll build, and he's like, I'll build you a beautiful bridal suite in the eastern tower, the western tower, and uh, as as you're looking, the western tower is falling apart. It just completely <laughs> starts falling to the ground, like. And he's like, second thought, maybe the uh, eastern tower has a better view. <laughs> I I remember this too, looking pretty good. Yeah. Like like the effect of it just crumbling and stuff. I was right. like, oh shit. And then you hear that you hear the monster because you know it's a miniature or something. Yeah, you know. And then then you hear the monster screaming in the distance, and it sounds pretty terrifying. Yeah, it sounds like a whole bunch of fucking deadite cats, just all fucking fighting and shooting right. each other in the face with fucking nail guns. <laughs> Dennis is stuck outside this, the castle in the rain. As, you know, how down in the dumps, how more down in the dumps could this dude be? Right. Guards are peeing on him, too. That's the best, dude. The guards are pissing off the fucking tops of the, the, like, the The, the castle walls. Right. One dude, like, runs down the tower and goes out into the field, like, the middle, or, yeah, right outside the castle wall to take a trick. Yeah. And that's how Dennis sneaks in. He, right. he, he, like, sneaks past that guy, and that dude turns around. Hey, hey, you, come on, girl. Yeah, he's all pounding on the door, and Dennis won't let him in. Hell fucking no. Nope. You Most. played yourself, boy. 
going outside to take a shit. We should have went to the toilet house like everyone else. What does this mean? He wants some soup, and the orcs want to poke a hole in him. <laughs> they poke in the they're soup. Fucking, good they, for a soup poke. The fucking. <laughs> there's is more that, people. Is that me making a Tim and Eric joke? Kind of. There's more people outside that are making soup and he's hungry so he's like he's like can i have some soup and they're like yeah if you go fetch some wood and there's one dude in there who totally sounds like one of the orcs of mordor uh-huh it's like poke a hole in him who is he uh excuse me watch him watch him i wonder if i could have some of your soup that soup, soup, soup is after our soup. soup somebody stop him poke a hole in him I'll do anything. Anything? Will he gather firewood? Oh, oh, no. What do you think? I think we should pound canary. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just fuck. Fuck this dude. He's just like, man. he's getting too close. Poke a hole in him. <laughs> like, he's still talking about it later, bro. Like, he just wants to fuck Dennis up. What is this, what are they they poking the soup? Like are they like Yeah, they're there? like poking the soup and stuff. That's why I wrote that name thing. Good for a soup poke. Because they had to tell us say on Tim and Eric, good for a poke. Yeah. Meaning DTF. So the beast, the Jabberwock, is stalking Dennis as he's gathering firewood for the soupy fucks. I jumped ahead with the castle stuff. Yeah. Where uh, he where he encounters the director of the movie. Oh, yeah? Terry Gilliam. Yeah, because he's in a spooky forest and he gets attacked by a crazy guy. And that's the crazy guy. Yeah, because the crazy guy happens to be the dude who thinks he found a diamond mine. Um, but it's just a pile of rocks. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a diamond. He's after my diamonds. And he starts attacking Dennis. But the Jabberwocky fucking... Gets that ass. Gets him and, and spits him out like a buffalo wing. And it's glorious. It is glorious. And Dennis escapes. That's, and, and, that's and, when the, the castle thing happens. The next morning he's getting pissed on and that's how he wakes up. Right. The guards are pissing on him and he sneaks in while the one takes a shit. And he enters the streets that are filled with various signs and sigils for businesses. And then rush hour suddenly hits because he walks in. It's like a ghost town. Right. And then all of a sudden, people are fucking everywhere, man. Right. He's, it's like the streets are empty. And then this guy shakes a bell and says, Russia! And suddenly, <laughs> everyone is in the streets just fucking bumping into Dennis. And it's like, like when class lets out in high school, man. It's yeah. fucked up. So this self-harm cult is walking through the streets, yeah, shouting. Right. And, <laughs> and singing and chanting. And they're singing about the flying. They're singing about the different monsters and how they don't compare to the Jabberwock. Because they're like, they're like, I don't even remember all the names, but one of them was the Flying Hogfish. They sing that part. And they part. sing that part. The Flying Hogfish. The bristling spikes of the pondolus. The pondolus. The pointed crest of the dactylopters. The dactylopters. The triglops. And the flying hogfish. The flying hogfish. Are as nothing compared to the beast that holds us prisoner. The beast. Dennis meets a beggar that's, uh, he's basically cut off his own foot. Watt Watt Dabney? Watt Dabney, yeah. yeah. He's the guy who invented the the inverted firkin. He was a <laughs> he was a world famous cooper, and so Dennis finds out that this world famous cooper couldn't get a job, 
in this city, yeah. being a Cooper, and result and had to resort to cutting off his own foot for to just to get people to give him money. It's fucking sad, but it's funny because yeah. of the way this dude's attitude is is like basically like yeah, it's a good living, right? And he's like, we could we could join up, we could work together, and he starts like <laughs> grabbing on Dennis's leg and stuff, <laughs> and Dennis is like, uh uh-uh, uh no. <laughs> The joust is announced to the peasants by an overactive hype group and Kermit the Frog. I don't know what you mean about Kermit the Frog. Is that the guy that goes on and on and on? No? No. The guys come out and they have an announcement for the peasants about the jousting tournament. And he gets all hung up on the details of what the winner of the jousting tournament actually wins. Mm -hmm. Because it's... Half of the kingdom and the princess's hand in marriage, and the dude says it wrong uh, a bunch of times to comedic effect, and then finally gets tired of the drummer guy interrupting him. Oh, he keeps... <laughs> so he smashes the fucking snare on the dude's head. Yeah. That's, so that's basically that scene. Is this the, is this the same uh, group of musicians walking around the whole movie that's always out of key and all fucked up? Yeah. Or is it always one guy that's all fucked up? It's one guy. Is it the drummer guy? No, it's the horn guy. Fuck. And the king wants him to play, bro. The king, the the king, king likes it. it. Yeah, yeah. Later, <laughs> later at the jousting tournament. Because at the tournament, like they're, all the other people are playing right and stuff, and it sounds good, and the king just looks at him, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> so now, Sounding super bad The king likes it boy. He wants that dude to play bad <laughs> Now that the jousting begins And uh, you, you get You know people People getting fucking killed Basically uh, to... They're fucking each other up And Pestle Hughes like We've already lost 60 something percent of the knights oh, <laughs> In man. our kingdom Are either dead or maimed And uh, if we keep going at this projected rate, then by by next week or whatever, um, we'll have no <laughs> well and able bodied knights to to do anything. They're just gonna be fucking stuck with all the cabbage salesmen. There's cab people selling cabbage in the stands, like that's instead right. of popcorn. Get your cabbage here. Right, right. That's where you and got- rat meat. They they be selling that rat meat too. That NutraSweet. That NutraSweet. <laughs> <laughs> you get horrible trumpet playing that is enjoyed by the king. And a mysterious horn knight goes head to head with a man that has a dog on his helmet. <laughs> and, and the horned knight wins very easily. Yeah, that's the black knight. And he uh, he's a badass. Oh, yeah. He pulls out a mace and he fucking knocks the, the dog knight, dog helmeted knight, like just dramatically into the air. Right. Like, he goes just flying... Flying straight yeah. into the air. Catapulted. He basically... Tall man, phantasm, two, bitch slap, floated that girl across the room. Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> I can make phantasm references now. <laughs> <laughs> the tall man has a mean bitch slap, bro. I'm just oh, saying. bro. And so does the horn knight. Roasted hot rats for a farthing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what one of the guys mm-hmm. saying... Roasted rat for a farthing. Okay, okay. Making making sure of it. <laughs> Dennis finds a turnip <laughs> that gets out of his reach in disastrous ways. Yeah. What does that mean, man? <laughs> One of the merchants that. drops a turnip on his way somewhere, and uh, it's rolling around, <laughs> oh, and Dennis is trying to catch it in the street because he's so hungry. 
<laughs> he keeps bumping into shit and knocking right. people down and stuff. And every time it shows the king and the princess and Pestlehue, they're covered in more blood. Oh, from the oh, from yeah. the jousting, from the jousting and the fighting. It get it's it's a comedic effect. They're just they look like they've been to a Guar concert by the end of it. I like all the layered bits that go into it. Like you could think of a scene as okay, this is the jousting scene, but then you put you sprinkle in all of these little elements, right? And it, it, only coming from a one-time watch, but while we're talking about it, I'm remembering it um, a little bit better. Although I, I did forget that, but Dennis does bump into this guy carrying a bunch of armor, and right. so as a way to make amends, he's like, "Well, I'll carry the armor for you." Right. And that's when they go to the blacksmith that's shop. That's the that's the horny squire. Oh, that's him. That's the party that's squire. That's the party squire that wants to fuck. Yeah, bro. You remember that guy? No, not really. You liked him. He's the best. Fuck it. Yeah. This is the blacksmith scene where Dennis sets off a set of a chain reaction and destroys the entire shop. And the squire loves it. He's just looking around, just amazed. And then he like tips over a support beam on his own just by poking it. <laughs> and he's all giddy. Like he's all like, ha ah. yeah. ha. <laughs> and so he offers to bring Dennis to the Queen's Hemorrhoids for a drink and a meal. That's the bar. That's the tavern they go to. Yep. Man, that's a name. <laughs> they, they they pretend to fight so that he he can basically uh steal away the woman that's plucking the chicken, right? And go fuck her upstairs, and she's the 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 wife of the the bar owner, right? And all the meanwhile, he's telling a story about how him and his uh his his knight and his other squirely brothers uh fought the <laughs> blessed sisters of alopecia. <laughs> They fought a convent of nuns for some reason. <laughs> it's amazing. Because Dennis is like, I don't know how valiant fighting nuns is. <laughs> Those crotchety bitches. Um, <laughs> if there are any nuns listening, do something else. Do something no, else. keep being nuns. Y'all, Especially y'all. if y'all are like sexy nuns. Yeah, well, look. Keep, if, keep being nuns. If you're if exploring y'all are... the Lord together, that's all right. Yeah, if if you if you're like one of those sexy nuns doing the thing, then please keep doing it. And they they get um, the squire and and the 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 cheater wife get caught, right? No, they almost get caught. The husband never sees them, um, but he tries to throw Dennis out, and they get into a oh yeah sort of a squabble, and the guards arrest them both. They were fighting in like the the outside in the straw and the horse shit and stuff, right? Yeah. Gross. The, the after this, the the king is dissuaded from destroying the monster, but also he's urged to continue the tournament. Apparently, that's doing good for business too. You know, oh, they they try to dissuade him from destroying the monster, but he's not having it. And uh, Pestlehue is like, we can't keep doing the tournament like we're doing it. So they come up with a plan. They come up with a way to <laughs> stop maiming all their knights. And the king's like, well, what do you suggest? Uh, one potato, two potato, or dip, dip my little ship? Or maybe hide and go seek? <laughs> and Pesso, and then the next the next cut is a bunch of knights playing hide and seek. It, it. It, it's a knight hiding his eyes and counting. <laughs> hey, look, man. It might not be nearly as exciting as people fucking speeding headlong towards each other on powerful four-legged animals. 
with fucking long spears, but at least it's safe, you know. Yeah. So yeah, they so, they they, yeah. they they get that scene about. But well, before that, in right. back in the throne room, the king is like he he keeps getting interrupted when he's gonna speak. Yeah, that's where the guy. That's that one fucking guy that keeps interrupting him. Going on and on and on, and right. it's it's funny, but I don't remember everything he said. I wish I, you know what? Here's some of what he said. Now hear this: the king, that flower of chivalry, that prince of monarchs, that paragon of potentates, is going to speak. Hear the wisdom, witness the wit, observe the oratorical eloquence. Lend an ear. Beautifully said. To the mellow voice, the tender tones, the voluptuous vowels, the coruscating consonants of His Majesty, King Bruno. Very lovely. Well, I. Who is think... going to give it to you straight? Illuminate the essence, clarify the conundrums, dazzle us with logic. My lord, your grace, your honor. After this, they're interrupted yet again by a ruckus, or what the king calls an unseemly brawl. Yeah, yeah, the guards bring him in, and they're like, these bitches have been fighting in your streets, and yeah. he's like, oh, hell no. And it's Dennis and the, the squire. It's Dennis and the bar The bar, the bar, the bar, the bar, the bar, the bar key. Yeah. Um, and right when, right when, uh... <laughs> they start fighting again. Well, right when they're they're doing their thing... There's an assassination attempt. Another one. Another one. But the person hits one of the barrels of dirt and dust being brought out of the castle by instead the of the yeah, king. By the cleaning servants. And so all the <laughs> dust goes everywhere and Dennis escapes. Yeah, it creates a smoke screen for his ass. And when he's gone, the barkeep is still there and they, they secure him. And after they're all done sneezing and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, this is the best. They're part. like, we've got no choice but to charge him, and he's like, with what, sir? And he's like, cannibalism, because <laughs> <laughs> they're convinced he ate he ate Dennis. Like, dude, like, like I can't do it like that. Like, just <laughs> so quick. There's du- all of a sudden, poof, dust everywhere. <laughs> he just eats Dennis. So like, no fucking way you're gonna eat a whole human being. You know, they're convinced. I love so the absurdity of it. They charge him with cannibalism and. And send him to the dungeon, bro. And meanwhile, Dennis is fleeing up the stairwell of the partially collapsed West Tower before finding the princess mid-bath, who she mistakes for a prince, because he comes just running in, right, looking all wily and shit, and she's gushing, you know. Yeah, she, she definitely likes him. A real prince climbs up through the castle window. Right. But... And but falls to his death and she doesn't <laughs> notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, She disguises uh, Dennis as a nun to help him get the hell out of there. And that that's when she takes Griselda's potato. Right. And uh, <laughs> she tells him to speak the words, I have the dogwood for a St. Tallulah's spot. spot. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pass so I may pray a while. Right. Yeah. So he gets he gets out of there and he's walking down the street trying to leave and the drunkest guard that ever drunk is stumbling around singing the song. Oh yeah. And he straight up he trumps Dennis. Okay? 
because he's like, he's like, oh, let us have a kiss, and and Dennis is like, uh oh, like hiding his face and all that, and one of the other guards is like, she's a nun, sir, and he's like, so then we'll have a Christian kiss, and I love his face when he says it, and then he proceeds to trump, trump Dennis. He you could just grab him by the pussy. He tries to grab grab Dennis by the pussy, but he feels. Dennis's penis <laughs> and is shocked by what he knows and he's looking at his hand and and the gu- other guards are like what's wrong and he's like put me to bed boys put me to bed <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's either A I'm too drunk because I'm repulsed or B I'm kind of considering it <laughs> so just put me to bed guys right yeah he after he gets felt up he gets captured by the self harm cult Right, the awesomest cult that ever culted. Yeah, with their flying hogwash or whatever the fuck. Hogfish. Yeah. They plan to set him on fire and launch him with a catapult. Outside the city. Yeah. As a sacrifice to the Jabberwocky. At least they're looking out for everybody. They're trying to do something active. Right. They're being active about getting rid of and this monster. The chariz- the charismatic leader is saying the most awesome shit and he's explaining the horror and the pain in great detail <laughs> to scare Dennis, and then the cultists, the other cultists, get jealous because yes. they because they want all the pain and fear and anxiety for themselves. Yes, and uh, one guy's like, "I want to feel my bones burst into a million pieces," <laughs> and then this other that's guy. My, that's my favorite line. And then there's this other guy who who's also quite an orator himself. Who says, I want to trace across the firmament and <laughs> a balling, a glowing ball of flame as a sign of my godliness and piety. And then the other guy's like, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know, but I want it. And he fucking pushes Dennis off the catapult and gets on himself. And they just set him on fire and send him out. One fuck up's as good as another. Yeah. A sacrifice must be made to appease the monster that lurks in the darkness in wait for us all. And what better than to sacrifice one of the beast's own servants, whom we caught masquerading as the holy sister of the mother of church? We will fire him into the eternal darkness as a testimony to our piety and godliness. His agony as the flames rise higher, higher until he is but a ball of living fire. Imagine his horror as the mighty ballistic device hurls him high into the depths of the blackened sky. Imagine the terror of his suspense as our poor sacrifice waits, waits, waits for the darkling earth to rise up and crush him to its I like suspense. Imagine his final horror as his miserable little life is snuffed out in a glorious, bone-crushing cascade of phosphorescence as he finally, agonizingly, smashes into the ground. That's not fair, though. No, it's not fair. No, it isn't fair. Not what? Not fair. How come he gets to go? Why should he have all the pain and all the agony? All that bone-crushing horror. I want to go. No, I want to go. I want to burn. I want to feel my bones bursting into a billion pieces. 
pieces. I want to trace across the firmament a glowing ball of flame, a testament to my godliness and piety. What does that mean? I don't know, but I want it. I wrote it down. I didn't get to it while I was reading, but I wrote it. I want to feel my bones burst into a billion pieces, trace across the firmament a glowing ball of flame. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that dude gets launched. The king and the princess meet before the next joust, and um, he tosses her potato out the fucking window, like you said earlier. Yeah. Fuck this shit, which it flies from the castle window and lands on a sleeping Dennis. And at the joust, the Horn Knight continues his winning streak. That's when they decide to do the uh, hide-and-seek thing. It's the second day of the uh, tournament. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So Because the, the Black Knight's killing everybody. Yeah, he, he's too fucking crazy. He's the one drenching them in, in all the blood. Right. That's how the royals are getting fucking crimson clad. Um, yeah, the knights start playing hide-and-seek, and the champion is chosen. A very good hider, apparently. Right, because they can't find him. <laughs> they <can't get> <laughs> they still haven't him. found him yet, sire. <laughs> oh, he's also the squire's old boss. Right. He is the squire's knight. Yeah. So the squire's like, I promised my body to a woman tonight, and I'm going to have to sit at vigil all night. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not happy about having to go do all this. Yeah, and, 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 and the squire goes and fucks the, the barkeep's wife again. Yeah, he makes Dennis take his place... Uh, sitting at vigil, and while he does that, um, the barkeep is getting out of the dungeon that morning, and he's fucking pissed, <laughs> and everything keeps making him more mad because people are throwing their like piss out the windows in front of him and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he gets he gets home, goes up into the tower, and homeboy the party squire hides under the bed. Mm -hmm. And his wife's like, there's no squire in our bed. It's a sad end here. Yeah. And he gets riled up and runs and jumps in bed for some snoo snoo. <laughs> and the weight of him jumping in bed crushes the squire and kills him. So now Dennis is stuck being the squire because he's already in his clothes. Mm -hmm. And he's right there with the knight. And the knight is not a smart guy. He doesn't even question it like he's just like, oh yeah that's my squire he's got a fish helmet he's got a fish on his <laughs> helmet yeah it's the best <laughs> he's met by the king among the people and is ordered to seek out and kill the beast that haunts the countryside so it's yeah it's dennis and the fish the fish head knight <laughs> they head off to find the jabberwocky but they find the Fishfinger family being held captive by just some crazy people. Just some crazy bandits or something, yeah. yeah whom they save. They save the Fishfingers. I don't know how it gets to this, but apparently apparently they start beating Dennis with fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Um. so after they save them, particularly Dennis saves them, he uh, starts cutting the ropes off of uh, Fishfinger. Because he's tied down to the ground, and he's cutting the ropes so he can get up, but like he actually, he cuts him a little bit, mm -hmm. and they just start telling Dennis how much of a fuck up he is, and Damn. basically start beating him with fish until he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so for the next part, I gotta I gotta tell you what it is, and then we'll get into it, because I don't I have no clue what this means. Strangling doorbell, horn knight hired by merchants, dragon shit, 
Golgotha of smoldering skeletons, horned knight and cannibals arrive, obliterates fish knight, falls off horse trying to kill Dennis, and the Jabberwocky appears, fighting the horned knight, tossing him from a cliff. Dennis mm -hmm. slays the beast by accident, but is praised as a hero and forced to marry the princess. What the fuck is strangling doorbell? <laughs> um, you see the guild guys meeting in secret somewhere, and one of them pulls on like a little pulley thing that's supposed to be the doorbell, mm -hmm. and there's like a bunch of mechanic, mechanical pulleys and shit that are on the other side of the door, and what it does is it actually pulls up a servant by a noose on his neck so he goes when, like that's basically their doorbell just they're like someone's here and so they go let let him in and they discuss that they have a plan they're gonna get the black knight to hunt down the other knight so that he can't kill the Jabberwock. oh shit yeah that's that scene what dragon shit it's this smoldering valley of bones and dragon shit on the way to the Jabberwocky's lair? In, in, I mean, it is the lair, oh, basically. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, then I guess that's why... Yeah, Golgotha. They, they, the, the ending takes place in a Golgotha, well, the, the finale. Right. Of smoldering skeletons. Right. So this is like a... Like a this a is like the end, yeah. Of where the Jabberwocky takes its victims, I guess. So right. The, the ones that it doesn't drop right. behind, like, fucking... Because there's a bunch of dead horses and stuff, too. It, it, it's 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 the Jabberwock's lair, basically. And that's when the Horned Knight shows up. Right. The, the Horned Knight, Knight finds Knight. Dennis and the Fishhead Knight there. And apparently all those crazy dudes earlier, that's the Black Knight's posse because they're all there too. How did Dennis and the Fishhead Knight sh find... They just kind of tracked the Jabberwocky down? Yeah, they just... Yeah. Old school. Damn, well, okay, that, that Fishhead Knight knew how to do something right. Yeah. So they have a fucking, uh, this is it, all-out brawl, right? All-out brawl. Talk, talk, tell us about the Jabberwocky, man. <laughs> it's a deadite dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it looks like. It's, it's got, it's got no arms, but it has like a set of wings where its arms should be. Mm -hmm. And its wings are really small compared to its body, and they're fucking tattered and shitty looking. But this thing is still capable of flight, which is amazing. So it, so it's it's magical in, yeah. in a way because we were going back and forth or whether or not it's supernatural for sure. So yeah, yeah. They, they really don't play that up in the movie. But if it's capable of flight, something's going on with it then, like some sort of supernatural element is tied to yeah. the Jabberwocky. And it looks pretty dead too. It doesn't doesn't it have the whited out eyes? Of it's, a deadite? It's got it's got big red eyes. Big red eyes? Yeah. Oh, okay. And like it's got like its ribs exposed and like green pus and stuff. Oh, that's coming why out. I, that's why we were like deadite. It's yeah. a deadite. The shit's tied into the fucking Nothrum de Manto. <laughs> so the fish head knight dies, the fucking black knight cuts his ass straight in half. <laughs> um and after that the the crazies are chasing Dennis around. He picks up the knight's sword and shield, and fins, he fins them off pretty good, but then finally they they have him cornered, and he sees that they're backing away for some reason, and he turns around to see that the Jabberwock is right behind him. Dun, dun, dun. And the Black Knight fights it for a while, but he fails, 
He gets thrown off a cliff by the Jabberwocky. <laughs> um, after he stabs the fuck out of it, though, he does stab the fuck out of it. It's bleeding green shit everywhere. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> this poor thing's just trying to survive. And all the crazies leave. They're like, hell no. They, they, they abandon this. They don't like this. No, if, the, if, if Big Daddy Horn Knight died, it's time, yeah. it's time to roll out. Yeah. Scram an egg, son. So, uh, basically, Dennis is trying to defend himself from the still-living dragon. And he curls up in a defensive position with the sword he was carrying sticking up. And when the Jabberwock reaches down to grab him with his mouth, dumbassedly stabs itself in the head through the eyes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how Dennis accidentally kills the Jabberwock. It fucking bit the crowd with itself. It bit the crowd with itself in a real big way. <laughs> Jarek's gonna like that. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, he is praised as the uh, the savior of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He rolls back in there with the fucking head of the Jabberwock back in town, and the fish fingers are there, and they're like. They're, like, being nice to him. Like, they're like, you was the one we was always pulling for, Dennis. Fucking opportunistic you know? fish fingers. Yeah, bro. And Griselda's, like, smiling at him and stuff and just, like... Eating potatoes. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm gonna marry this dude. And Shout. and he's and Dennis is happy. Like, he's like, oh, Griselda, you know, and he's, he's about it. And then the universe steps in again. <laughs> <laughs> like... And, and the king's like... Yeah, man, like, you're my guy, you're gonna marry my daughter, you're gonna have my kingdom, and, like, Dennis is not even sure, like, he's, he's don't, he don't want it. No, he but, don't want it. But they make him. They make him do it. They make him do it, <laughs> and he's riding away in that little, that little horse-drawn carriage, looking out the window at Griselda, and she's, like, in a nun's habit now, they're making her join the fucking convent. <laughs> This movie doesn't... No one gets what they want. No one. The merchants don't get what they want. The I guess the king kind of gets what he wants. He got he gets the jousting and the horrible fucking yeah. horn playing. But, uh, yeah, Griselda do, doesn't get what she wants. If now she's got to be this crotchety nun. And the princess doesn't get to marry a prince. Well, she, she, <laughs> she insists that he's a prince anyway because they're like, I pronounce you man and wife. And she's like, prince princess yeah <laughs> and Dennis looks like he's gonna leave but they fucking block his ass with like a halberd oh yeah you ain't going nowhere boy this yeah. is your life now yeah bro under lock and key they make him they make him do it and and they they ride off in the carriage into a beautiful Monty Python style uh yeah art set anyone whatever you call the, it the money it's Terry Gilliam who yeah. designs all that shit and um anyone familiar with the Monty Python artwork there's some of that in this movie yeah. so and that's Jabberwocky that the, the movie the movie ending on a thousand disappointments for everyone involved yeah nobody nobody got what they wanted the beast is dead that one guy got what he wanted the uh cultist dude he traced across the firmament a glowing ball of fire and died bro <laughs>
Okay, this is our second film in our sword and sorcery deep dive. It's and a Ricky pick. It is a Ricky pick. Um, I'm going to start us off with this, unless Angel wants to go first. She, if you notice, audience, she hasn't said a single thing. She is here. She just does not remember slash does not care about this movie. <laughs> this is, she loves it. This is going to be one of the ones I think that is going to be... I think this is going to be a rarity, where you watch one of these and you literally are like, Ugh. I did like it, I just, I'm a, I'm, always, I'm a sleepy girl. Yeah. Probably fell asleep at some point. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But based off your, your vague memory, I, I don't even think it's fair to ask you to rate this movie. I mean, I remember all the funny shit in it, which I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Like a four. A four out of ten. So that's like a semi- yeah. It's like that might yeah. be the that might be the lowest rating on the show so far. So far, yeah. Oof. Maybe five. I rated well. I rated. I'll start climbing. I rated Silent Hill too. Oh yeah, you did. That's the lowest. But I gave it a one. Oh yeah, I think a one point five or something. Or you might have gave it a two. I might have gave it a point five. I don't know. Mm. Fuck. Mm. It was low though because that movie is poop. It is poop. It is the poop. Compared to, and I'm only comparing it to Hulk the Slayer because for Sword and Sorcery, I kind of don't have anything to gauge it off of. Yeah. Although although I can't help but compare it to Monty Python films. Right. It's got a strong Monty Python sense about it, sensibility about it. And look, it's no Holy Grail. I mean, no. No. not even close. It's no Life of Brian either. No, and Life of Brian is my favorite Gilliam film, so... So based on that being said, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a 7 out of 10. It's got a little bit of love for the Monty Python style of humor. The characters are always amazing when when these guys are involved. Or, right. And it's not all the Monty Python guys, but there's a right. few. It's a movie I would watch again. Although, you know, I could say this would never be one of my favorite movies. Right. But for what it is and the fact that it's so underrated, or at least as far as trying to find like i said this isn't even a movie with a cult following right it's so like lost to time in a way so i think it should be uh you know spread shared and like curated the, like the black plague just keep on spreading it around yeah buddy what you got since this was your pick bud um i was actually coming in not much higher than you with a a 7.5 to an 8 so i'll split the difference and give it uh, seven and five eighths. That's what I'm giving it. <laughs> seven and five eighths. I mean, yeah. Yep, seven and five eighths. That's what I give this one. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like you said, it's it's no Holy Grail, it's no Life of Brian, and it's no Hawk the Slayer. No. But it's a lot of fun. It's really funny. I love the way it's shot. There's an awesome. Awesome contrast in the lighting and the colors and everything. I love the locations that they shot at. Yeah, one one of which was, and you were mentioning this before, is they actually shot on location in Wales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they in were, a real castle. Two two castles. Two castles. Um, yeah. Pembroke and um, Chepstow. Yeah. I guess that's how you say that. The, so way, the way it looks reminds me a lot of some of the older uh, Full Moon movies, and so that's a big reason that I like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin. I mean, you know, this is just one of those movies that 
I stumbled on and was like, oh yeah, I, I need to talk about this one day. I love the creature design. I it, love the stupid. Well, it's like a, it's a man in a suit too, which yeah. is like that's Godzilla shit. Right. I like that as well. That aspect of it. I, I think love, it looks really fucking cool on on film. Yeah, I love the creature design. I love the practical effects. It's like guar level effects, you know, in all of this. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it a seven and five eighths. Seven and five eighths. Seven out of ten, and Angel's tiptoeing around a four. That's it. That's Jabberwocky, folks. It's free on Tubi at this time. You should watch it. Oh, hell to the You end. should definitely watch it, audience. It's great. It's great. What the hell? Audience. It's terrific. It's like on... Um, it's tremendous. Charlotte's Web. It's worth every ounce of plaster in the dirt castle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's double T, double E. Double R, double I, double F. <laughs> Why are all these women married? <laughs> There's a whole other movie we're talking about now. Well, why are you talking about Matilda? I'm talking about Charlotte's Web, the goose that doubles everything. Oh, I don't know. I thought... Uh, oh, you thought I was spelling... Um, I watched Melancholia. Me and Teresa watched Melancholia. Right? I guess. Really? Yeah. Hmm. My biggest complaint is that I feel like that movie is too long. Slow. They could have, dude. It's long. It's Von Trier. They could have cut so much art, out of that art, fucking art movie. house crazy. I came up with I a don't quote. Like Kirsten Dunst. I, she was my favorite part. I hate her character, but I just love Kirsten Dunst. Well, I like I like her as an actress. I think she's her she character. I I, I, I wanted well. to smack her character a few times. That's a, that's good on her part. That's what I'm saying. She's a good yeah. actress. I wanted to smack her mom's character too. I wanted to smack most of those most of those people. people. Yeah. No, it, it's good. It's a great movie. I just I was like, God damn, like I can I, get here and kill them all. I would fucking smack if the movie that makes me want to smack somebody fucking hard as shit is Rose's mom in Titanic. She's such a fucking cunt. She's a cunt. Speaking of which, I came up with a quote. While I was watching Melancholia, are you ready? Yeah. Tis better to watch Ghoulies than be an art house cunt. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Ghoulies, but I've seen Melancholia. You've seen Ghoulies? Not remembering it though. Oh, dude. Like okay. I like I said, that movie, those, all those movies would be like a first time watch again. Okay. Well, I'll 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 change it. Hold on. I'm, tis, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not hating on your quote. I just can't relate because of the ghoulies tis better to watch madman than be an art house cunt no I'd, I'd rather watch melancholia if 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 like you only put those two movies in front of me yeah and say you can only watch one of these again ever no i'd have to see that planet coming in and the electricity and uh yeah. just be like wow this is this is fucked up this is fucked up what's happening here she saw it hmm. Hmm. melancholia i saw a little bit of it Oh, well. I will say the planet's gnarly looking. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love the imagery. That's that's literally cosmic. Yeah. That's, I thought you would get like way into it because of that aspect. And I kept saying none of this matters. <laughs> Me and Teresa were watching it. And she's, she's like, what is this movie about? Because she's like, I can tell it's about something other than these people. And I was like, you'll see. <laughs> Eventually I told her because she was like, I don't think I'm going to watch it anymore. Because she was like, there's a lot left of it. And I was like, okay, it's about a planet. 
It's gonna kill them all. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> and when she was beating the fuck out of the horse, I was like, hell no. Mm-hmm. If I was her sister, I'd have been, I'd have been like, all right. I guess I'm gonna just whip the fuck out of you until that planet kills us. <laughs> this is, I don't even know if I'm leaving all this in. Um, but yeah, too much melancholy. Uh, so I'm gonna try Jack, the house that Jack built, because I'm not crazy about melancholy. I'd watch Antichrist. Yeah? you never seen one? I've never seen any of his movies until yesterday when I watched Melancholy. I really like that movie. Which yeah, one? me too. Which one? Antichrist. Antichrist. Yeah. I know some of the stuff that happens in it. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's I know very that unfortunate. A, I know that there's yeah. a clitorectomy or whatever you call it. That's all you know? Yeah, you see I, it I know some of the... I know that, that there's a clitorectomy and that homeboy comes blood. Um, because I was reading... Do you know why he comes blood? No. Because, like, someone was reading... Made a review on the IMDb. I want to fucking kill that bitch it's while she's doing it. right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that movie. I like that movie. I do too, but fuck that movie. It's fucked up. Yeah. Someone in a review was like, on IMDb, was like, of course, the guy that hates women is going to have a clitorectomy, or whatever it's called, in his movie. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Okay, but he also has the other stuff, so. Yeah, people are stupid. People are really stupid. And they're always going to be stupid, like some goddamn animals. That's why Melancholia Melancholia needs to just hurry up and come dance of death on her ass. This has been a a, a fun one. Um, Our second our second joust if you will, <laughs> in the medieval fun times. The next episode, oh, before we get out of here, Angel had a has a special surprise for all the listeners. She had a really cool idea, another cool idea. It's another OnlyFans page. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but this is only for the fans or the listeners of the show. <laughs> see, the, here's the thing. And I'm being straight up because I want to, this is a field test. I need to see what's going on out there. We, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while now, you've noticed that I straight up stopped uh, asking for emails and things because nobody ever emails in. And because y'all suck. And the, <laughs> and, it's true. Call them out. Call them out. Because we because we, we asked for it. We asked for it a bunch. We asked for it a bunch. And and look, the numbers are there. Okay, like don't 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 make them fucking turn it off. Uh, the, <laughs> are there like so there are people that are listening and we just want to interact so i'm trying to think of the best way to do this angel said just some people who comment and let us know who's here how about this start showing up on the social media you can find us on instagram at the nightclub podcast or on facebook at the nightclub you can find us on the slasher app or you can email us with the nightclub podcast at gmail.com let us know you're listening, and you will be able to take part in a giveaway. Giveaway time! I'm not even going to say what the giveaway is right now, because I don't even, I don't want to. I just want you, if you want something for free, 100% for free, go ahead and let us know that you're listening out there. 
And if you're a friend of the show already, and you probably know who some of you are, yes, you'll still be included. We're not going to exclude you, because you guys fucking rock too, because you comment sometimes, and you let us know you're listening, and we love Trevor's you for it. Trevor's going to get it. Well, he can have some... See, and that's the thing. There's going to be multiple winners, because there's multiple Never fucking... going to get it, never going to get it. There's never a lot of... Never going to get it, never going to get it. There's a lot of things to give away here, so... Speak to us. Commune with us. Let us know you're there. Slide into our DMs and ask us for nudes. That, well, and come up with fun topics for Angel to rap about. No, we didn't. <laughs> That's going to be the thing. In order for them to even get the free shit, once they let let us know they're listening, then I'm going to hit them with tasks. <laughs> I want some Kaiju Giallos. I want some raps for Angel. Yeah. I'm leaving this in. You hear what I want? Let us know you're out there. I've been Travis Maxwell Boone. I'm Leonard Nimoy, and you've been listening to the Fight Club Podcast. <laughs> what? That is. Oh, sorry, the Fright Club Podcast. Who's sorry. Leonard Nimoy? Spock. Oh. It's okay, Jim. Oh. And, I, and apparently, Angel is uh, Cap- Jim. Captain Kirk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess embrace the Jabberwocky. Embrace the shit streets. Landy. <laughs> embrace embla- br- <laughs> embrace the, su- the plaster soup. <laughs> and stay medieval, bitches. Yeah.